I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to episode number five of Bat Chat. Thank you for joining us for another week on the journey of the Bendigo Bats on the latest edition of Bat Chat. We'll be talking about all things round two of the Athletics Victoria winter season that happened on the weekend. Uh, We've got some listener questions to go through this week, so it was good to have some listeners write in some questions that we'll be able to, to discuss and we'll be talking about uh, Andy Buchanan, my co-host's post-marathon training. So thank you for giving up some time. I know there's a lot of running podcasts out there. And this is a bit of a joke one. So I'm really pleased that uh, you've decided to download it and listen to it. And we really appreciate that. So uh, a big welcome to my co-host, the 212 Marathoner, the king of cross-country down here in Australia. He's fresh off a win, Andy Buchanan. Welcome to this week's episode. Thanks, Brady. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good to be on the other side. Matt and I did this podcast uh, last week, and it's very challenging. So I'm looking forward to uh, you running the show and knowing what you're talking about, and just answering some questions and talking bulk shit as per normal. Hey, you guys did a good job. I enjoyed listening to it. Like I created like Tell Me Your Tales, which then led to Inside Running because I wanted to listen to a running podcast, and I'm like, well, no one else is doing it. I'll do it. So then when people like that, like when I'm off inside running, I enjoy listening to it. Like when I'm when I'm not on this, I enjoy listening to it. So it gave me a lot of uh, joy running along. I think it was Friday morning, listening to you guys uh, talk about it. And I must admit, I think it was, because that's on like Tell Me Your Tales, like the big platform that I started uh, the podcast on. And I reckon there'd be about 150 episodes on there. And it must be the first time I wasn't actually on an episode. So I'm like, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool, pretty special. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll definitely get better, but it was good fun. Uh, like, and kudos to Matt. I think that's like the second podcast he's ever been on, and we're kind of fumbling our way through it. But it was good fun, and yeah, hopefully we can provide a bit more content for you to listen to, Brady, because you do, mm-hmm. you do, you definitely give up a fair bit of time, and it's um, it's a little bit more stressful when you're kind of thinking what am I going to ask next and all, and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be good to be, uh, yeah, just. I don't know, having you running the show a bit tonight. But. Well, my secret is pretend that audio recording is not on. 
I'm like, it's always just a conversation about writing whoever you're talking to. And most of the time, people relax and then you get some pretty good content out of it. So um, it's just you and me, Andy, talking, all things running. Um, and yeah, I did enjoy the digs at uh, Jake Robinson. I also enjoyed the digs that you guys had at the local Bendigo footballers calling their quality of football no good and uh, you should come watch a cross-country race in Bendigo if you wanted to see some real athletes so um, yeah I got a few laughs out of last week's episode yeah that's good hopefully you didn't get too much hate mail coming through Um, Mm. but yeah we're just trying to chat up the I don't know I think the the main purpose for me behind that episode was just try to chat up all the good things we were doing on the weekend Um, wished we I don't know we timed it perfectly with the weather um as most people in Victoria and probably most of Australia know, it's been very cold of late. Whereas on Saturday, I was actually warming up in a t-shirt. Which, to think about that now, that seems like a pretty crazy thought, actually. Mm, and that course wouldn't have handled the rain too well either. Like there were a couple of slippery bits, and that was with not much rain. Like I think it might have rained forty-eight hours before. Um, so we got away. Like that would have been a terrible day. Ter- well, not a terrible day. It just would have made things a whole lot muddier and uh, the race a whole lot slower. And just like chilling out at the end, having a beer, kind of relaxing, like that wouldn't have been great if we were all drenched. But um, I'm sure we'll get into all things Bendigo cross-country season, round two, in a second. But first, I want to hear about your week leading into it. So we're talking on Inside Running this week. You had two weeks between the 2.12 debut marathon and Jails Park. And then was it another three weeks between Jails Park and this? So were you five weeks post-marathon going into this, or was it four? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's five. I'll be able to tell you. I've got my Strava open here, so I can tell you. So Hamburg Marathon was on the 24th um, of, where are we, April there. Yeah, that's five then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But it's actually funny. I, I didn't feel... I actually felt a lot better at Jails, and I think there's a few reasons for that. Um, I think, obviously, being part of the relay, uh, it being very close and the atmosphere, um, and also Jails is a very – I classify as a very a very easy cross-country course compared to some others. Um, and I'd say on the weekend was a on-par slash harder cross-country course. Um, but at Jails, I felt – fine like i didn't feel lethargic i body felt good i actually felt better than probably what i normally would um but on the weekend i was just yeah i don't know i just don't feel as fit but i think it's because i'm in that awkward stage where i've i've only just started doing sessions so that my body's still kind of getting used to running fast you know when you you don't do sessions for a little bit and it takes you a week or two for your body to get used to um used to running fast again so yeah, it's it's it's. It, I'm at a funny stage where I know the fitness is there, but I don't feel it. And uh, on Saturday, I kind of got around a lap, and I was like, "Oh, geez, if if someone went past me here, I don't know how much I'd have to give." So, yeah, I guess it's that. Like post jails, you're probably still similar fitness that you were for Hamburg. Like you don't lose a lot of fitness in two weeks. Um, and yep. if anything, I guess you know you might gain some fitness because of the marathon effort, and definitely like your mentality and stuff as well. Like dropping back down to a six k after a marathon feels like a walk in the park. And you had that whole like vibe of the last leg in the relay and the emotion around that. But then this one, you're kind of five weeks on. You're probably tired from the two weeks where you've been back training, but then not benefiting from that fitness yet. Do you know what I mean? You know, like yeah, you need, yeah. you need four or five strong weeks to like get fit again. 
it's kind of like jet lag. Like yeah. I feel like you, the day the day you land, you kind of just like you're you're running off adrenaline a bit, and you're kind of mm. like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then you kind of the fatigue starts to build in day three, four, five, and that's when you feel the worst. So that's kind of what I'm going through at the moment with the weeks. And um, yeah, with my with my running week, the last week I've just been kind of um, chatting to Scotty and just kind of doing as I please. Um, he's kind of let me. Um, I've said a few sessions and he's like, yeah, you just do as you feel like you want to do. So I've just been picking sessions I enjoy, um, which has been really good because normally it's pretty pretty structured and he's um, he gives me a pretty good idea of what splits I should be hitting, that kind of stuff. Whereas the last week it was very much just um, just get around, do a little bit of hard running, don't flog yourself, um, which has been good. Yeah, I always think like uh, from a coaching point of view, it takes a month or 26, I like that day for every mile, like 26 yep. days to fully recover. And then I reckon it takes another month to get back to your pre-marathon fitness. So if I'm talking to people about like planning in ne- their next race, I'm like, well, we kind of need two months. You need a month to recover. Then we need a month to string some good training together. And then you can think about an A race. Like, yeah, you might be able to do a B or a C race you know, in that fourth or fifth week after it when you're getting back into workouts and back into sessions. But it's very hard to pull off another A race within eight weeks of a marathon. I know people yeah. do it and there's like outliers and stuff, but that's just a, yeah, a general thing that I've found. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think um, one thing I've been finding is it's nearly half physical but also half mental um, yeah. in that you need to let your body recover, but I found I'm also needing to let the the mind recover and the motivation to come back. Because um, I think I put I put a lot of energy and effort into the the marathon, so I think it's like like this week it's it's been coming, but last week I was kind of like I don't have the motivation to go and do sessions. Whereas like pre race, you you get excited about these big marathon sessions, and it's um yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. So I think it's yes. Yeah, Scott with me, he didn't want me doing any hard efforts, uh, any hard running at all for three weeks, but I kind mm. of broke that rule at jails. Um, Got a win a relay. Yeah, yeah, all for the relay, so all for the bats. But, um, yeah, nah, so it's ticking along pretty well at the moment. Um, and, yeah, this week I'm just focusing on getting my mileage back up. Um, and I'll do a bit of a marathon session on Friday, but I won't focus on paces. It's just more so... Um, getting the legs used to the mileage. I think I'll do probably four by four k on Friday, and hopefully, hopefully get my mileage back up to around one hundred and seventy ish. So therefore, the the marathon training can start the week after, kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where that's where I'm at at the moment. And you're right about that mental stuff because there's stuff that you put on hold. Like there's balls that you kind of drop in your life. Like I know you're on school holidays, but there's some work stuff that you would have put down and then you have to pick up and probably pick up a bit more because you've missed it for two or three weeks when you did the marathon and, and relationship stuff, people that you haven't seen for a while that all of a sudden you want to spend more time with. And there's just a lot of other life stuff I think that happens post-marathon that you've got to put energy into. Yeah, well, prime example was this uh, this XCR event on the yeah. weekend. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of part of the organizing committee and felt a bit bad because I was kind of – Tim Crosby came to me and said, oh, can you find us a course? And then we found a course. It worked really well. And then I was like, all right, here's all this work we have to do. And I pissed off to Europe <laughs> for three weeks. So, um, yeah, there was a bit to do there. But it was um, – yeah, I think just – and I've just been enjoying all the things I couldn't enjoy um, mid-marathon. 
um, block, like eating what I want and I don't know, yeah. all those all those things that you sacrifice. And so I've just kind of had a few weeks of being a remotely normal person, I suppose you could say. Yeah, that's it. And you're talking about like building mileage. I think your long runs, they've been pretty solid the last couple of weeks, like you've been over two hours. Yeah, so just um, just getting up to around, I think it was... It was probably 90, then 145, and then two hours, then 215, I think. On the weekend was 220, and I'll probably be back up to two and a half. That's kind of, um, that's the standard, the kind of bread and butter that uh, that Scott likes for me. And when you get used to it, you actually feel like anything less than probably 220 or 215s are not a long run. Like, you mm. kind of get so used to doing two and a half. You don't do that. It it, I, it feels quite funny. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing two and a half. But at the same time, with the group in the mornings, we um we start at seven, and I like to finish with them because it's just I don't know mentally it kind of sucks the group finishes and you have to go and do another thirty minutes or something. So I like to get there half an hour early. Um, but I have enjoyed of late starting at seven, starting with the group rather than getting there at six thirty and doing stuff beforehand so that'll be a bit of a adjustment for me going forward a 6 30 start in the middle of summer is completely different to uh you know june as well because it's pitch dark it feels like it's 2 30 a.m at 6 30 a.m yeah it's cold and it's like in bendio it gets to like minus you know one minus two on some of those sunday mornings it's pretty uh it's pretty sad time to be out there jogging along it is but i enjoy it like if we had to put up with it for like i don't know eight 10 months of the year I'd hate it but like we really only get those extremes for a month or two so I just try and I don't know I think back to those boiling hot days where it's so bloody hot so I that's what I think of when it's freezing cold um, and I try and enjoy it for what it is and not wish away the season because every I don't know I like every season because every season kind of offers something different like I love in summer you kind of you, know, you get a really good tan you take the shirt off it's good you bloody smash heaps of frozen cokes but then, like, winter, having a run in the morning, coming home, having a hot shower, you can't beat that. So mm. it's trying to make the most of it. Yeah, Bendio does have it ex- like extremes as well. Like, there'd be long runs that you start at 7 a.m. in summer where it's 24, 25 degrees when you're starting, and yep. there'll be one or two where you start in negative three. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit like Canberra, actually. Like, mm. Canberra has the extremes, and, and Bendigo is kind of similar. We're always a few degrees hotter or colder than Melbourne. Um, so, it, yeah, it's – and then you guys are – you guys are pretty similar, actually. They're you probably get a guys, little bit yeah. little bit hotter, but probably similar on the on the cold side. So. Yeah, all those mm. inland kind of communities in Victoria there, away from the beach, I think, away from the mountains. Uh, that's good. And you kind of did bring up the point about marathon workouts and training. Um, the Commonwealth Games team still hasn't been fully announced yet. We've heard that there's two males selected in Liam Adams and Jack Rayner. How are you How are you feeling? One female, Sinead Diver. We've yet to hear the full team. Yeah, I was, uh, I was a little bit surprised Jack's name was announced, like I think a lot of people were. Um, so I didn't expect that. Um, but that's okay. I don't know. I'm... Does that make you feel better or worse for your chances? Uh, probably worse because it was kind of like, well, if they've named two, why? Like, and I knew Liam was going to be announced, so I was always expecting to see his his name there, but I wasn't expecting to see Jack's. So, probably made me feel less confident. Um, but I I couldn't imagine being in this position for like an Olympic spot because it's um, 
I don't know. I know a lot of people are invested in it, but it's like I I think today I think I got asked five times like, oh, mm-hmm. has it been named yet? And it's like, nah, still got to wait another like two, three weeks kind of thing. And you tell the story and you're like, oh, yeah, this person's been picked. Well, this person got picked. They haven't ran a marathon. Oh, why'd they get picked? Like, and it's just like, I don't know. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm just kind of sitting, waiting, just uh, pretending as if it's going ahead with training, I suppose. Yeah, which is a smart thing to do. Imagine mm. if you didn't and then you got picked and you're like, oh, yeah, could have started this two or three weeks ago, this preparation. Yeah, because it's, it's coming around quick. Like, I think it's about oh, 10, 10 or so weeks away, I think. Um, I think we worked out it was eight. Yeah, right. Jeez, that's... Um, eight this week. It's, it's the end of 57, July, isn't it? Yeah, 57 days. I've got the com... I don't know that off the top of my head. I've got the com <laughs> games. The Because uh, I, I was actually looking at what day it was on. It's got a little countdown on it. Fifty-seven so I, days. So well, that's two months. That's yeah, I weeks. haven't been. I haven't been counting down in my head. I promise. Um, but so yeah, two week taper. That's six weeks of training. Yeah, exactly. Which I actually, I'm not that stressed about because I know, I know it's there. I've just done it, and I know if I do, uh, I feel like I could do like three or four good marathon sessions, and I'd be, um, I'd be pretty good. And I'm, I'm planning on doing Gold Coast halves. So that's going to be a, a race, but also that's going to be beneficial, I think, for the. Um, for the marathon as well. So, um, yeah, it should be good fun, actually. I haven't done a half since 2019, so. Yeah, and I guess for you, like, if you do go, the turnaround's pretty quick from Hamburg, so you don't need a full 10, 12-week marathon block. You just yeah. need to rely on that fitness and top it up a bit if possible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know, plans if it's going ahead, but then we'll go from there. Awesome, mate. Well, let's get on to uh, Bat Chat. That was a good little interview. Yeah. Um, bit of chat let's talk about yep. what happened on the weekend we'll start with do you, do you want to start with the juniors you know more about the juniors than i do do you want to start yep. with some junior results i've got three tabs of the results open here the thing that caught my eye was the uh i was warming up and i saw i think it was the under 18 men three bats straight to the front yeah so um under 18 men we've got a pretty pretty competitive little group there so um we had, a, we had a lot of juniors running, which was really pleasing to see, actually, um, across all the different races. But that race was won by Jaden Padgham, so um, he's a former national uh, national champ over Steeple. And um, Harry Boyd was second, so there was two seconds between them. And Harry was second by uh, the bloke who got third from... Uh, butterfly from Ballarat he was the same time as Harry so pretty close race actually um, but it was good to see the boys go one two there uh, that's pretty special in their home race and then we also had Logan Tickle who finished in fifth he's unlucky because it's under 18s but he's he's actually still 15 because uh, he's a young he's a young year 10 and then the way the age groups mm, work so they go um, age at the end of the year don't they yes they do so uh, but good to see uh, two boys on the podium there um, going one to it. I found it really set the scene for the the day, and it was pretty cool to see heaps of people cheering them on, which is something we don't see that much, and it set the tone for the um, a few of the other juniors and then also the the open athletes. So it was pretty pretty exciting race, actually. And then Max Rowe in 14th, so we've got four kids in the top 14. Yeah, it's... It's pretty good actually. And then uh, Tim Creer, he was 16th. So he's he was oh, invite, yeah. but he's also a, another Bendigo, um, Bendigo person. Then Mason Woodward 22nd, Tom MacArthur 23rd, uh, Tanafir in 26th. But those 
those first four boys are all all from the same high school here in Bendigo. So that's um that's pretty cool to have four in the top sixteen in a state competition, all from the same high school. Yeah, I could never remember that happening in my time, following the junior results or when we went through juniors. It was, um, I don't know if anyone, did you get a medal as a junior? No. I used to get a couple of those Vic Country ones, you know, like when it's like, oh, yeah, you've come 18th, but you were the third fastest Victorian country person, so we're giving you a medal. It's like, oh, Uh, cheers. The easy easy medal. Easy medals, yeah. Uh, Tully Rowe in under 20s, she was second. Yeah. 15-34. Yep, good good run for her. Uh, Silver from her. Yeah, so it's um, she. She was pretty happy with that result. She's raced that girl a fair bit. So, um, but for her to get on the podium, like rewarding of her hard work, she's probably the most consistent trainer um, out of all the juniors that I coach. And it's probably the most tricky thing with her, with her is telling her to stop running. She just loves running, but it's um, that's really pleasing to her for her to get a medal. Um, and she was pretty stoked with that. And then also. Um, Phoebe Lonsdale, one of her close friends, she finished third in the under 18s. I'm pretty sure, so that's another good result. So, plenty of uh, plenty of silverware going around in the the bats junior team, which is um, which is pretty pleasing. That is good. Yeah, 11:54 from Phoebe. Um, is that Tully? How many years has she got left in under 20? When will she be like in the senior bat team? Yeah, so she has just turned 18. She turned 18 in April. Uh, okay. So she'll have she'll have another year there. Um, and then we've also got Taryn Folletti, who will, who's also under 20. So they've got a good little relay team where Phoebe will run up um, for the relays. And I don't, know, I don't really want to push her into open just yet because there's quite a big jump uh, from under 20 to open in terms of distances and that kind of stuff. So I'm all for her running those junior races until she's too old, essentially. So Yeah. Yep, we'll move on to the next race where I think we could have some people in the under-16s. Do you know anyone off the top of your head that needs a shout-out? Uh, oh, Not in the good... men, I don't think. I'm just going through the results here. Yeah, the women, I don't... The women, we had um, Genevieve, uh, Genevieve, Genevieve Neal. Genevieve Nile. Nile, yep. 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 So she's a, she's, a, she's a true bat. She trains it on a Tuesday, so that's a good... I think this Seventh. is her first... Yeah, her first XCR race ever. So she kind of... She was a good runner, um, contacted me, was keen to do some training, and she trains with us on a Tuesday night, um, kind of runs two, three times a week, um, still very green to the sport, so for her to get seventh, um, she was actually finished a second behind Phoebe, and that's how um, strong her age group is, because Phoebe got third in the under-18s, and Genevieve finished one second behind her and finished seventh in the younger age group, but um, she's definitely one to watch. Um, in the future, I think she'll be, um, yeah, contending for medals and a really good runner for our women's open team. And Chelsea Tickle just missed a medal. She was fourth in her race, 17-9. Yeah. yeah, so I think Chelsea got a little bit excited. Uh, probably went a little bit too hard too early uh, from what I hear, but she'll she'll learn from that. Um, and she backed it up with a win at the, the LMR cross-country on Tuesday. So she's backing, backing good form, which is good. That's good. Go to men's open team now. So the Bats got their second win of the season, two from two. Um, a combined score, let me pull this up, 104, was it 103? Do you know off the top of your head? It's changed uh, a few times. 100, 108. 108, where you finish in the race, that's how many points you got. 108, so we had first with Andy, I was sixth, Nathan Stoke was seventh, 
Matt Buckle was 25th, Archie was 33rd, and Jamie the Beast Cook was 36th. That adds up to 108 points. Beat Western A's, they were 155, and Box Hill, 218. So down it pretty easy in the end. You know, we could have had you... We did it that easy that you could have not been there, and our next runner, in who is our first Divi 4 person, 43 points, we still would have won. Yeah, I've had a few people say that, but it's... I don't know. I was actually standing there waiting for everyone to come across, and yeah, I saw a concerned. lot of... I saw a lot of Western A athletes, but I think because you look at them and they're 22nd, 26th, 27th, 29th, so you're kind of like, it seems like there's a lot, but obviously us having those uh, first three uh, in the top seven really helps. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, everyone says it's easy to turn up to jails and win um, because that's the one everyone wants to do. So it was, it was a good result for us and you don't see many scores of 108. Um, so I think it was a good team result. Good to see the Beast getting in there for sixth runner. Um, and, yeah, good to see you and Nath fighting it out there in that in that battle pack. I'm, I'm actually a bit jealous because I never, listening to you um, on the day and then the next day, like just, it's like battle stories of like this person oh, yeah. made a surge, this person did that, whereas I never get, I don't get much of that. Like, and I'm actually a little bit jealous. Um yeah, well, our that. pack's a bit bigger. So we have like we had like ten guys in our pack, and it was good because there was a lot of people and it was competitive. But it meant that someone was always feeling good. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I remember like going to that second lap. Like Nath Stoke just goes around us all, starts moving, and I'm just like, okay, here comes Nath. Like he's he's good at the back end. Like he's strong. He's run twenty nine thirty recently. I'm like. He's going to work this the whole way home. And then he gets like 300, 400 metres and you're like, okay, he's just relaxed a bit here. And then Douglas Buckeridge goes around and it's like, oh shit, now we've got to cover this move. And then I was feeling really good halfway through the second lap. So I'm like, okay, I'm going out to, because we were still trying to pick up people as well at that stage. So we were trying to pick up um, Jesse Dunsmore, Tom Thorpe, um, was it Will Collins from Knox? Like there was a few guys yeah. dropping off that lead pack. So we um yeah, we had quite a battle in picking guys up, trying to drop them, trying to they were trying to stay with us, and then really just um and then Liam Adams caught us as well. So yeah, it was a really unique race because I think yeah we say a K to go there would have been you, if you won the sprint you were coming fourth, if you lost that pack you were coming tenth. Um, yeah. And I think that's why in the footage I'm not sure if you watched the AV video. Um, you see us all pretty much fall across the line because I, I don't think I've been that cooked after a race in a long time because you know there's so many valuable points up for grabs there um, and you just it was just super competitive and you're like trying to take bodies and trying to score the best score you can and you just had to try and stay with the pack and yeah, finishing on a hill, not sure whose idea was that, but it's probably yours, um, but that got the best of us and it was good when I hit the deck like trying to breathe, it was good to look around and see like six other guys doing the same thing, it's like okay. Not yeah, I thought exaggerating this. I thought you guys got sent the wrong way or something and had to run up an extra hill that I missed because <laughs> you guys were carrying on like pork chops. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was just one person was down and then they all thought you'd. I was actually getting worried it was going to be like the scenes of an NCAA cross country where they're literally pulling people off because there's so many people coming through at once and people are getting in the way and they're. Well, that's what I thought. I'm like, we're going to get up because someone's going to run over us in spikes soon. Like, someone's going to come through. And, like, I'm surprised no officials yelled at us, actually. Like, usually it'd be like, get up, get out of here. Like, yeah, you know, oh, there, was a, there was a lady there definitely um, raising her voice. But I think you guys were that 
Yeah. You were just having that much of a lactic acid, lactic acid headache. You just didn't even uh, didn't hear it. Well, you were probably thirty seconds up and could enjoy the last k. We were like there was a, there was ten guys surging at different times over the last k in our race, which the last k did include two uphills and a pretty nice downhill. So it was like it just messed with the the rhythm and it was like hard. How'd you find coming through those vines on the last lap? Were you uh, yeah? What what do you think of that? Yeah, so the first, so in our team meeting on the Friday, we were told by you that to take the, the so for listeners to paint the picture, you're running um, in a straight line and you're about to turn left to go down a hill and there's two options where you can take two rows through the, through the grapes, through the vineyards. And our instructions from Bendigo Bats from the locals was to take the furthest one, which means you had to run a bit fast further but take the second left-hand turn down the vineyards because at the bottom there was a right-hand turn and being on the right-hand side gives you the inside line at the end. I think that's what the thinking was, wasn't it? Yeah, and because the way the vineyards are set up, on the 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 end we exited, they're actually on an angle, which means the if you compared one mm. end to the other end, there's actually probably 50 metres difference. So there's probably, I don't know, three or four metres difference as they go along as the lines get longer so yep. the thinking was to be on the right hand side so therefore you turned on the inside but you also had to you probably lost uh, probably five meters but yeah you continue with the story so well on the first lap and, and that's the thing like it's a bit of difference where i am because there's 20 bodies around not like two or three like yours but i was actually leading our pack on the first lap because i put in a bit of move a bit of a move going up the hill um, just to try sort a few guys out at that stage of the race, which which I think I dropped a few because I look back at some of the photos. I'm like, oh, the pack was bigger, yeah, before that hill than afterwards. And I took the furthest one, and a lot of I've talked to a few other guys in that pack. They followed me, but what happened is a few guys took the inside that first left hand turn, and then halfway down the hill there was an area you could cut across. So I'm running down the hill leading this pack and looking at these guys over to my left on the other side of the grapes and I'm thinking, oh, good, I've got them covered. These these guys don't know, no local knowledge. And then all of a sudden they dart in front of me because there was a section where they could, yeah, zigzag through. And then I was pretty much cursing you in my head. I'm like, hang on, Andy, you didn't tell us about this little secret kind of like path halfway down the hill that you can cut in through. So that's why I did yeah. the first lap. The second lap, I'm like, nah, I'm taking the first one and I'm cutting through. Um, which was which was good because I was dropped at that stage and it kind of got me back into contention um, to go down the hill. Yeah, um, so, the, so the, it was fun though. It's fun that cross country courses you got to think like that. Yeah. Um, were you getting worried? Like, were you in a bit of a pack where were you worried that someone was in front of you on that second lap and you weren't going to get past them, or what was? Yeah. Um, so that was one thing. So because the two, so Thorpey and Doug were in front of me going into the vineyards and they both took the, the second one, your favorite one. Yep. And then because I took the, um, the first turn, it just meant I had like free, free run and free sight, which is important in cross country. Like all of a sudden you're not following people's footsteps. You can see exactly where your feet are going. Um, so yeah, I was never worried about not being able to get out. And I think at that stage of the race as well, it was real, you know, hold your cards close to your chest because once you turn, you're in that home straight and it's a, yeah. it's a sprint for the finish. I think a lot of guys were kind of recovering down that hill and just um, it was really the calm before the storm. Yeah, I was getting a bit nervous coming down on the second time because I was about to lap two guys and I was oh, like, yeah. and they were in the lane I was in and I was like, if they 
if they see a bit of a hole and just step to the right as I'm coming through, like there's no, Dang. there's not going to be any room here. So I was getting a bit nervous coming down, and I was like, oh, geez, what's going to happen here? But thankfully, I think with Virginia on the mic, they they heard that I was kind of coming through, and they kind of moved right over to the left because for people listening, it's probably reckon a meter and a half between each. Oh, yeah. On the warm-up, we were talking about, like, putting people into the vines. Like, you know, you could really be – I'm not sure why I was talking like that. I have no, like, male masculinity going about me at all. But we were talking about, like, you just kind of veer off a bit and just throw the elbow out a bit, and all of a sudden someone's in the whole whole um, stack of grapevines and you're uh, you're running free. Yeah, but, well, I was chatting to, to Matt Buckle, and he said that Brian Keeley, Benio runner – very good orienteer. He was running along in the first the first lap, going through the first vines, and he said, Brian just come out of nowhere, and it was <laughs> like he was running nearly on top of the grapes. He was just bashing through because everyone was like real careful, whereas because he's used to yeah. orienteer, and he just he, he said he nearly started laughing out loud because <laughs> it was so funny. But, I wouldn't um, expect anything less from him as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But how about our uh, – so our Div 1 team got the win there, which is good. So we go, what are we, four Div points four. ahead? Uh, yeah, Div Four. Oh, sorry. Yeah, on the ladder. So we've won two races now. So we'll get we got twelve and twelve points. So we're on twenty four points on the ladder. Western A's yep. been second both times, haven't they? So they've got a ten and ten. Yes. Yep. yep. So they're on twenty points. We're on twenty four. Box Hill have been third both times as well. So they've got a nine and nine and eighteen. So we've got yep. a little buffer here, which is nice. Um, Saint mm. Stephen's though, you'd nearly put a line through them, wouldn't you, for the season? Dropped to six this round. Only six yeah. points. Um, it's, um, that hurts, it's not hurts great. Their I think, chances. I think uh, Jack Davies was scoring for them, so they know they're in trouble when he's uh, he's in their top six. So he was one hundred seventeenth, I reckon, if he was their sixth guy. Which kind of him. you know, there's some teams in here like Box Hill, their last runner eighty six, Glenn Huntley, their last runner seventy fourth, uh, Melbourne Uni sixty three, Saint Stephen's one hundred seventeenth, Geelong ninety ninth, and then you go to our Div four team. We had 43rd, 61st, 64th, 66th, 95th. So uh, a lot of our Div 4 boys would be fitting into pretty much any other Div 1 team, Premier Division team. Yeah, it's They it's won a by good, 600 it's a, points. It's a good sight for us. Um, but then again, we've got to remember this is our home round. So yeah. if we didn't if we didn't do well... Um, but in saying it's... that, I reckon all those six guys would have travelled as well. Yeah, I think that's the best thing about the team at the moment. We've got such buy-in from... From so many, we had nearly everyone plus a few more at jails, and then again this weekend, um, just gone. So it's yeah, it's a good spot to be in. Um, I'm actually quite impressed with Geelong Region to get seventh in Div One. That's a um, they've got to be happy with that. I think as soon as they score, they're pretty they're pretty happy once they can get uh, six runners. So. Well, they got see. the real. They got the real solid too. Like Matty Gunther and Toby Mende. Like Toby coming seventeenth. Matty Gunther. Like they're two quality. You know, probably fourteen thirty guys, fourteen twenty five guys. Matty Gunther's run two twenty one. Toby's run two nineteen. Like they're going to be strong over the longer stuff as well. Who was their thirty first guy? Because that's pretty solid. Like anywhere in the top thirty is a good result in AV. Um, Liam yeah. Coglin, who I don't know much about. But so here's a no, handy pickup because he's coming mm. in front of like Toby O'Brien and Archie Reid. Um, You'll you know, probably John find Dunn. he was probably find he was registered for Ballarat last year. Oh yeah, they've gutted that whole team in Ballarat, haven't they? Absolutely. Mon is not happy. Mon is, Mon is not happy. Someone's just come through and stolen 
the whole cross country team. So mm, yeah, because mm. well, Ballarat actually did it right in ninth. Like they were expected to kind of be tenth and eleventh. So um, that might help them avoid relegation because two teams are going down to Divi Two this year. But yeah, yeah. that div that div four team like Brian McGinley who was in our team at um, Charles Park. He was their first runner in forty third. Then who do we have else in there? I'm uh, Brian Brian Keeley. Yep, in sixty first. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Glenn McMillan yeah. in 64th, Steve Van Reeve 66th. So these guys are all yeah. having a race within a race here. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Preston 97th. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Then if you have a look at Div 7. Yeah, I did the other day. Oh. First, second, third, and fourth. Oh, that's uh, that's wonderful. So we, I don't know, just because we just talk shit on this, we're going to talk about Div 7. So Div 7, our first team, so four athletes for Div 7, we scored 476 points. Uh, the team that came fifth behind our four teams was Keelor St. Bernard's in 1,207. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, Looks, it makes for good reading actually to have our to have four teams uh, in there. So that's that's quite funny. Played um, up by but, Chris Armstrong, first finisher there for that team, 113. Yeah. I reckon Chris would have a secret, sneaky goal. I know you coach him to be yeah. uh, top hundred before the season's out. Get a 90th yeah. place. I think that'll happen. He's he's learning more and more about cross country. So yeah, I think it'll definitely happen sometime soon. A successful day all round. Uh, anything else you got to add? Nice course. We'll have a chat about the women's team as well because they absolutely dominated as well. They're in our Div 4, the women. Yes, they so, are. So change. Oh, you got it open there? Yeah, so they won Div 4 um, very easily. So three athletes there. They scored 111 points. Um, so is Div 4 only three athletes? For women, yes. Yeah, I think Div women's... three is four, and then Div two is four, and then women's Premier Division is five. That's interesting. It changes so much. I'm still trying to work out the teams for the men and how many they require, so I'm not across the... Um, I'm definitely not across the women's just yet, but I think this was actually run of the day. Um, Alice Wilkinson, long-time, um, long-time runner, for the bats, she placed 21st, which is a massive run for her. Um, it's the highest she's ever, highest she's ever ran um, and placed. So I think she she led the team home really well there. She's actually helping out um, Virginia as the women's team captain, which is pretty um, pretty special. So 
she was uh she was yeah that was massive run from her i actually couldn't believe she ran that fast so she was our first runner there in 21st um in 30th position we had uh rebecca wilkinson uh so she's on the way up trail runner turned into a cross-country runner so um first time wearing spikes and obviously paid off quite well and then our third runner there in 60th was uh vanessa bull so she's a new runner for us so it's awesome to see those those girls doing well um and yeah it's a good little battle there i think div four they're they're probably a div maybe a div two team so they should progress through this division hopefully follow a similar path as what the men did a few years ago yeah, because you look at the winners of Div 3, 66, 69th, 83, 102nd. Mm. So, like, there's a case to be made that, um, you know, they could maybe miss Div 3 next year, go straight to Div 2, especially when Virginia Maloney is still to come into that team. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and then, Commonwealth uh, Games marathon representative once she gets rolling. Yeah, you look at some of the juniors as well, so it's only going to get only going to get better, which is pretty um, which is pretty good. So it was, I don't know. Results-wise, a pretty successful day, but then I think um, overall the event, I don't know, Brady, what were your thoughts? Yeah, great event. Love the live music. Love the Bluetooth speakers. Love the Strava segments. I love that video that you guys put on the Bats Instagram page yesterday. Like, that stuff's just fun. Like, it's 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 really, it's not rocket science, but it's what works in different aspects of our sport. So, for example, like you go to any big fun run, there's music. Okay, yep. let's put Bluetooth speakers throughout the courses. Easy. Yeah, in, you know, incorporate that. Let's, um, Strava's really important. People love doing Strava segments. Let's put a couple of those on course. Sign, here's where it starts, here's where it ends. Um, all those kind of things. Like it's, I think this is what, and it's probably a bigger conversation, is like how do you improve this XER season? Like there's 10 rounds, there's good buy-in by the clubs. How do you just do some tweaks to make it better? Because it is the... Um, I was just talking to Jessica Stenson today and she was saying like how in envy the other states are when they're here yeah. and Moose and I talk about it and like how they wish their states states had it. I did reply to her comment saying that, um, you know, there's always a singlet for the Bendigo Bats there if she wants it. Her and Virginia Maloney running around in Div 4 would be quite a sight to see. But um, it's those kind of things. It's like you need to be innovative and kind of improve and I think – Bendigo and the organisers, who I'm, I'm not one of them, so I'm not pumping up my own tyres. You guys, you're on the committee there. I think you're going to need to pat yourselves on the back and be like, you know, this was good, this was innovative. Um, the fact that you could just get a beer after the race and you could get a burger or a pizza or whatever it was, like that's, that's, and maybe it was because it was our home race and we didn't have to get in the car and drive for two hours home. Like you could sit and relax and enjoy those kind of things. But I don't know any other race where that's even on offer. Yeah, it's we when we first were like, all right, yeah, we found a suitable spot. AV were keen. We initially said, let's make something that makes people remember this race. So when they're driving home, they go, oh, geez, that was really cool, or oh, that was different. So that's where we, uh, I don't know, like I spoke to you multiple times and was just like, what are your ideas? Any big ideas, just let us know. And we just implemented a few of those. We we really hope we can build on it next year. Um, but like one thing I've always found after an XCR race, you're always so hungry because your race is normally one o'clock. You haven't really had lunch. Um, you've had a late breakfast and there's never any food around. So it's like, that was a no brainer. Like, why would you not have a food truck? And then obviously being in a winery, um, we had 
they they want to have people through. So that was really that worked really well. And then the Strava segments, um, <clears throat> we had that idea. And then Nigel, who was one of the key key people in setting it up, he actually runs the O'Keefe uh, Challenge, which they had the same the same idea for their event. So um, and it was just and I don't know if you haven't seen it, check out the Bendio Bats Instagram page for the the drone footage we got super lucky that the drone was just there at the perfect time that jake stevens made this massive run to try and get the the uh the segment there so it was um it was really just perfect timing and made us look made it look like we organized it uh perfectly but i did love how the video had the little circle following him through you know when you watch like old like um you know uh police chases and it's like yeah. from dodgy like footage from a helicopter up in the sky. And it's like there's so many cars on the highway. Like which one are we meant to be following? Which one's breaking yeah. the law? That's what it yeah. looked like as well. Like he was doing the wrong thing. Which, yeah, yeah. you know, some people could say he did because he obviously jogged or took it pretty easy to that stage and then just fanged the whole segment. Because the people he is running past, he's making them look like they're jogging. And they're quality yeah. guys who are coming 50th. Like they're, they're good runners. Mm. Mm. So I was actually super stoked because I think he, I think he rolled me by two seconds. I think, um, okay. and I was very happy that the everyone who won a segment didn't actually win the race. So like yeah. they were all they were all different people. It wasn't Georgia or myself that won all of them because that would have been a bit boring. So it was pretty cool to see to see that, and I really hope um, that that becomes a normal part and every XCR race we go to there's something a little bit quirky something a bit different something to to mix it up because it's um, I don't know I really hope people enjoyed it and I really hope it made the drive up the Calder Freeway worthwhile hopefully so yeah it was good fun that was good a good wrap hey we've got some uh, listener questions here to go through to finish off thanks to the people that wrote yep. into the Benigo Bats Instagram page I'll um I'll do my best to read them correctly. I am doing this live uh, as we as we go. If I don't get your name correct, I'm sorry, or your Instagram handle. There's often some um some random handles out there, but we'll see how this goes. First question comes in from I think it's Brandon. Could be Brendan. Brandon. Um, it says, "What's the ratio of spikes out there in a cross country race? Are people thrashing their dragon flies?" Were there any XCSs, which I suppose, XCS, I think he means, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing at this, but when we finished the race, I saw some people in these new Nike um, spikes, which I'd, I'd, I'd seen once before. I'm not sure if you noticed Athletes New South Wales last two weeks ago when Benny Saint and Kieran Tall did a cross-country race up there. They had these spikes on. Um, kind of like yeah, a, right. a no, meshy Nike yeah. white that kind of looks like it's been attacked with white out. And I think they're the new um, cross-country dragonflies in a way. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Toby Mende who works at the running company in Ballarat who was telling me about that at the finish line. Um, and what I can remember him saying was it's a bit thicker um, than the dragonflies. So the first part of the question, what ratio of spikes out there? Um, I'd say the, the the further you get from the pointy end, the ratio changes. Everyone in yeah. the top 50, 60 has got spikes on. Yep, um, and then it starts to drop off. You might have one in 10 who doesn't have spikes on, two in two in 10 from 70 through to 80, things like that. Um, 
Not to say, yeah, people aren't wearing spikes further on down, but you do spot the occasional pair of alpha flies or drag or um, next percenters, um, things like that, which I'm not sure how they get around those courses, but, you know, each to their yeah. own. Everyone's body's different. And, and, and some people are, like I know Zaka, he wears like waffles, not the spikes, just because he doesn't think his body can handle running 8K in spikes. Due to, due to age. Due to age, the 40-year-old is in the 40-plus section now, Zaka Newman, friend of the show. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, but- any comments there? Yeah, I don't know. I I always wear spikes for any cross country, um, especially on that one because that's deep downhill and those tight tight turns. Um, and I just have a pair of old dragonflies that I think I wore in maybe a Zatapak and another race, um, and they're just my cross country shoes now. So I've got another pair of dragonflies I wear for a track race, and these are just like a like a training training shoe so they they get a little bit beat up i kind of buy new spikes probably every cross-country season um and that i don't know that keeps them fine and they're still going they probably i reckon these dragonflies have got another another season in them then they'll probably be pretty done but i could not imagine running that course in alpha flies see i'm wearing um i'm wearing my one pair of dragonflies i'm just like just thrashing them yeah, Maybe, see, well, I, I don't do a lot of track racing, so I'm just like, I'm not going to buy a new yeah. pair just for cross country. Like, if I maybe run track this season, I'll buy a new pair of um, dragonflies. But this is the same pair, stall, um, track five k's, uh, yeah. Sydney ten k a couple of years ago when Victoria was locked down, but I was in yeah. uh, New South Wales and yeah. go up there. So this is my OG pair of dragonflies, which I still I think re- it's it's sorry to interrupt, but I reckon it's it's not like wearing spikes on the track. Like, I'm not getting sore calves from wearing spikes yeah. on a cross-country course like I would on a track. Yeah, no, I agree. But I I wore my Dragonflies last year, and then for Zatapak, I had a new pair, and I was like, these feel like a different pair of, pair of shoes. Okay. Like, they were – I couldn't believe how flat my old ones were compared to these new ones. So um, I think it definitely does take the life out of them. Um, but I think when you just get used to it, it's just normal. Um, but when I put on this new pair for Zatapak, I was like, holy shit, these are, these feel amazing kind of thing. So I'm not seeing much on Google about this Dragonfly, like cross country version. The ones that I'm talking yeah. about, people were wearing. Maybe there's like these shoe dogs have just got it early and it's coming soon. But yeah, yeah brand down to your question. Everyone's just flogging their track Dragonflies out there. Um, yeah. which, which are nice. Like I've, I'll put it this way. I'm enjoying the Dragonfly more in a cross-country race than I am the track. Because when I... Because I was a real next percent guy on the track. And then when the Dragonfly came out, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like the next percent, but with spikes in it. And it wasn't. It was like a spike that just had a tiny bit more cushioning. So I was like, oh, this isn't as good. And I'd banged all my PBs on the next percent before they got banned. Um, so I didn't have a great ex- – and I haven't ran many decent track races in the Dragonfly, but I've done some good cross-country races in the Dragonfly. So uh, that's a cross-country spike for me, that shoe. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, the next one. Uh, this comes in from Tony. So pre- Moose uh, – this is where he's got this from. So Moose on Inside Running a couple of weeks ago spoke about um, the Premiership T-shirts. If Oh, no, we're, we're bringing this up after two rounds. So when I ran for Geelong back in the day, we uh, we got a Premiership T-shirt organised and it had all the names of people on the back. And to get your name on the back of it for the season, you had to have scored a point, one point at least, for the Premiership team throughout the year. 
I'm going to say there was a good 15, 20 names on the Geelong one, which showed the depth. Yep. Like, you know, someone might have ran one or two weeks, scored a point, bang, that's all you saw from them for the season, but they contributed to the team in some way to get their name on the T-shirt when the Premiership was decided and Geelong won it at the end of the year. His question is, prediction, how many names will the Bendigo Bats potentially get on their T-shirt if they win the season? So at the moment, we're up so, to seven. So the real question is, how many people are going to be getting the bat tat on them? How many people are going to be in the tattoo line on the day that we win the premiership? Um, nah, but I so, think there's some people in our like over 40, over 50 teams who won't score a point but are pretty keen to get a bat tattooed on them. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, <laughs> I reckon um, every I... single one of those guys that scored on the weekend for <laughs> Div 7 will be getting a bat tattooed on <laughs> They'll get one for winning the Div 7 premiership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I reckon I'm going to say 14 is the number that I'll throw out because um, I just think when you think about it, we've got 10 relays, we've got this Ekkenen one, and then you've also got half marathons. So 14 is going to be the number of different athletes I think we'll have in our for, to score for our Div 1 team. What do you reckon? Yeah, I thought initially when I read this question, I'm like, oh, it could be, you know, it could be the same six, same seven, maybe same eight throughout the whole year. Like, I can see one or two juniors maybe coming in for a 10 relay or a, or a um, the cross-country relays in round four where there's, like, different distances. But I think the range of our top four and five, and remember, only five people score at the half marathon. That's only a five-people scoring round. But, like, I think it's hard to knock a, knock a mat buckle out over 6K relays or a 10 relays. I can see him being in there whole season. I can see you obviously being in there the whole season, you know, pending going overseas potentially. I can see me, Nathan Archie, being in there the whole season. Like I can't, just because we can run a good 3K, but we can also run a good half marathon. I don't think we've got many specialists at either end of the spectrum with the different distances over yeah. the season. So um, initially yeah. I'm like, oh, we might be like eight or nine for the season, but I we're a team also that hasn't been struck by COVID yet. Like, I don't think anyone mm. in our top six has had COVID. And you assume it's coming. So, like, the yeah. pandemic's going to, you know, an infection's going to roll through the team. One or two people will get injured and miss some rounds. There's other life stuff that can potentially come up. So, yeah, I agree. I'm probably more closer to 10, 12 than 14. But because um, hopefully the lower, you know, ideally, it means the stronger you are and the more consistent you are. So good yeah, question. Yeah, exactly. Less space it takes up months. on the T-shirts. T-shirts, yeah. And I'm sure tracking it throughout the year on this podcast is going to be a good um, experiment. And you hear, you know, you've heard the Beast's name coming into the team this time. You heard uh, Brian's last time. So there's new characters still to be introduced. Um, what's Andy's training looked like post-marathon? We're already talking about that one, so we'll skip that one. Um, it's two rounds in. This is from Sean. Two rounds in, who do you see as your biggest threat? Which rounds are you looking forward to? Well, Western A's are going to be the biggest threat, don't they? They're the ones who have showed up both rounds. Yeah, Western A's, I think Box Hill, if they can get their A team on the park. Um, but I think Western A's our biggest threat. And, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I was really looking forward to the Bendigo round. That was the, that was the A race for me kind of thing. Um, but outside of that, uh, I always enjoy going to Bandura because um, we didn't get to do that last year. We got to do a few, but then we missed. Um, so I like Bandura. It's always you always seem to get a few 
uh, a few of the better athletes, which is good. And it's um, a massive day with the juniors, like all schools, um, and then the state champs. So that's probably the one I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, what about you, Brady? Who do you think's the the biggest competition? I actually think Box Hill are a bigger threat than Western A's because um, I think what we're seeing from Western A's at the moment, like they, you know, Jack's not going to come back, but uh, Cash and Will potentially. So that's one guy to come in. But I'm looking at like Box Hill's score for the weekend. They didn't have Nick Baggett, who ran similar time to me at Charles Park. So he's a, so they had second and fourth. So they could have potentially had sixth or seventh as well. So three guys, you know, in the top seven is similar to what we did. Had Alex Ritchie, who um, he raced on the weekend. He was 18th, but he also beat me at Jails Park. So, like, he's, you know, potentially had a bit of a shocker there. So he could have also been top 10. So I think when those four fire and they're four guys that aren't going to go overseas and not going to go to Europe, they're going to be here all winter, they mm. can be a team that has four guys in the top 10. Um and then they had 41st and 67th. So they're kind of maybe not not the depth we've got, but they've got also Thomas Diamond, who's a freak junior, um, uh, who can run a good relay leg. Like you put him in potentially sand down, 10 relays, cross-country relays, and he's going to be hard to match. Um, but I guess the flip side of that as well, Doug Buckeridge, who was fourth, he's a junior kid racing up. He's not going to race up at Bundura 10. He's not going to race up at the half. He's not going to run 15K. Um, yeah. So they're going to lose that top 10 finisher there as well. But, yeah, everyone on the park, I think they're actually harder to beat than Western A's. Yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. But um, I was actually surprised by Western A's. It's a good effort to have such a close uh, team there come all the way mm. up to Bendigo, especially a, a team that's based out of Melbourne. They're used to travelling to Melbourne races and all that kind of stuff. But, um yeah, how about what's, what's oh, the yeah, race, what race you're looking forward to? Um, if you ask me at the start of the season, I'd be like, just give me the road stuff. Like, give me a bit of rhythm. Give me some uh, 15K Ballarat. Give me some Burnley Half. I haven't done Burnley Half for quite a few years. I don't think maybe six or seven years. So I am looking forward to that. But um, I'm, I'm liking the cross country. I think I'm weird because I kind of pegged myself as like our fourth, fifth runner for the year. But I'm at that stage now where I'm like, if one of these top guys doesn't rock up, I could potentially be a chance to to get a medal. Um, And the Mm. ones they're not going to rock up to could potentially be like the 12K cross country. So it's like, yeah, like I was in a race for fourth, take someone else out. Maybe I'm in a race for third. The distance goes from 8K to 12K, which should suit me. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of looking now like which race could I finish the highest in and i think it's yep. probably the 12k cross country could be my race for the season so nice. yeah that's, that's what i'm what that's two weeks to. away is it two we- uh it's nah, not this week the Launceston's next weekend and then uh the 12k yep. cross country so um yeah that's probably the one and sandown realize i like that team building it's different different world in the realize there so um yeah some good ones still to come for sure the next one is from a boy called Ned Buckle. Got an update on Ned. Listeners will know him. He's the, the twin, the Matt Buckle, Ned Buckle duo. Had a uh, operation on his hip earlier in the season. Did break 15 minutes, I think, throughout the year, didn't he? Like, had a really good yep. push me to the absolute limit at the Vic Country Championships where we sprinted down the straight for first and second. Um, update on him for listeners. Yeah, so he had surgery on his hip. Um, he has an appointment on the 7th, so next week. Um, to see if he can start weight bearing. So at the moment he's been um, walking around with a with a crutch, so he can't fully weight bear. Um, but he he took 
a thousand photos I reckon on Saturday, put them in the Dropbox Saturday night, came out on Sunday morning, um, took some photos of the long run. So he's still in engaged and involved um, and he's hoping that this next appointment next week goes well and he can start to do some weight bearing exercises and then go from there so really he has no idea how it's going at the moment so he'll just wait and see how this appointment goes and, and go from there but it is good to see that he's getting involved with the team because that'd be super hard as a as a young kid having an injury like that so yeah so potential to see him in a singlet towards the back end of the season Maybe, maybe, maybe. yeah. But that'd young, be exciting. He's got ten years to come in the singlets. So yeah, but he you're does. right. Must be. And I did send him a message the other week. Like, would have been easy for him to like shuttle this off. Like he should mm. be in. He would be in this team if he was injury yep. free. If it was twelve months ago, probably if it's yep. twelve months in the future. And he kind of like has got to watch us and take chooses to take photos of us having mm. success. Um, he could block all that out and go get off. You know, go off the rails. Get on the beers. Yeah. Not be interested at all, but are still involved. So his question is, what's the goal for merchandise in the short to mid future? I've got no idea about merch. What's the yes. merch update? That's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> so we actually are looking to get some cotton cotton tees, just nice basic kind of supporter tees. So they're in the design process. Um, so I think, I'm not sure how far away they are, but that is what something we're looking to do, and that will be available to everyone. So that's something to look out for from uh, from Ernie Old. So they actually do a cotton range. So that's coming. And then we are also looking at having the bath tea and making a slight little difference to it um, and make that available to the general punters. So, um, yeah, Ernie Old are having a few issues with their supplier and fabric coming out of Europe. So that's a bit of a bit of a hold up at the moment but that's, I think that's what worldwide in every industry see they yep. like haven't got australian uniforms for the oceana champs this week they didn't arrive in time shit yeah that's well, not good imagine no. making your very first australian team you don't get a uniform yeah that's not great i guess you'd get it you just wouldn't be able to compete in it mm. anyway yeah mm. um we'll keep you posted about merch uh adam asks what do we have to do to get andy his australian singlet um nothing you can do adam just sit just just pray to the running gods out there that he gets one yeah, uh, yeah. stay stay tuned for more news there as well kind of spoken about that at the start of this show uh neil asks how does someone like me in brackets not skinny stay injury free neil underscore the hulk runner is his handle on instagram Load management's important, Neil. Get a yep. coach, manage yep. your load. Get a coach and make sure they're one of the coaches that like call you, chat through your goals, chat through your running history, all those kind of things, like a good coach should at the start of a um, coaching athlete relationship. And manage your load. You're talking to two guys here who have been very little injured over the last, I think I'm 18 years in a row, no injury couple Impressive. of like rolled ankles you would be uh, a good 10 15 years i reckon of like maybe one or two injuries yeah and i think the big thing is load management know what your body can handle don't go over yep. it um yep. you know you trial and error stuff and when things flare up you make adjustments um yeah anything else to add there andy i'd just go right into google and i'd type in run to pb and then yeah. you'd be right run to pb.co Yep. Um, it's about 16 good coaches there who we can highly recommend because we both work for that company. <laughs> but, yeah, I think load management's important. I think having a good diet's important, so you're making sure you're getting enough fuel in. Um, so you're kind of, yeah, making sure your bones and muscles and all that are, are recovering. And, 
yeah, managing, you know, running is very simple. It's about stressing the body, recovering, absorbing it, stressing again. Um, So that might be, you know, slowing your easy days down because you're still trying to absorb or recover from a workout you've done the night before. Um, So a coach will know all those kind of paces and all that kind of load management. Um, And then, yeah, if you don't want to coach, um, I'll just educate yourself as much as possible. Listen to good podcasts, read good books, um, do those kind of things. Thanks for the question, though, Neil. Next one, Nathan Pierce, friend of the show, uh, captain of the Western Athletics team. He stayed in Bendigo at your place on Saturday night, actually, Andy, and joined the Bendigo Bats for a long run. Very impressed by the views over um, over One Tree Hill, which was yep, good. He loved it. And loved probably it, most most famous because he's uh, Leanne Pierce's son. So Leanne's a big running uh, fan in Australia and one of the biggest listeners to the Inside Running Podcast, the other podcast I do. And uh, yeah, Nathan just happens to be her son. Also, uh, Roaming Nath, people might know him from that. So his question is, should Athletics Victoria focus more on fan engagement at cross-country rounds? Good question, Nathan. Yeah. I think so. I think the XCR season just goes so well. AV haven't looked to do anything different. Um, and I think it goes so well because it's supported by the athletes. But I think AV should be looking to introduce some new ways, new ways they can make it a bit more exciting, uh, which has happened with the Bendigo round. And hopefully they continue to do that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, I think the video package they put out is really good. They get that out really quickly, which is awesome. They need to change that music, though. What's yeah, with, it's like, been like the that 1985, like, jazz at the start of it? Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't the make sense. The footage is good but... and the commentary is good, but they just got to, like, change that that music. They need to, yeah, get to, get with the times, put a bit of techno or, like, hip-hop beat or something over that. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think they – I think it's an awesome product, and I think if they could deliver it to a few more fans. Um, I don't think that community 3K thing really worked, but – I'm not sure. They about tried that. though. They tried mm. that. Did yeah, weren't mm. huge numbers there, but they tried something new, which was good. And they gave Bendigo the opportunity to try stuff new, which is good. What I'd like to see Nathan is AV be more um, with the fan engagement. Do more promo around the athletes running and the team battles and like what to watch there. I thought it was really good that Virginia Maloney and I guess you know she's a Bendigo bat who was on the mic. Ex Commonwealth, well, near never an ex Commonwealth Games representative. Commonwealth Games representative 2018 at the marathon. She introduced the main players in the race on the start line. So she went through, you know, people who are going to finish the top 10. Um, I thought that was good. And I'd love to see that on Instagram in the two or three days leading up. I'd love to see like blogs or, you know, potential articles written by someone at AV talking what Tim Crosby did on this show when we asked him to come on two or three weeks ago. Like I want to read, um, you know, how Bendigo went from being the hunters to the hunted. I want to read that like Geelong have bounced back and come, you know, seventh this round. I want to read stuff like that about the rivalries and who's in, who's out. Like you do with every, every other sport, like... I kind of liked how you had to enter the round so then you could see who you were up against. Like, the minute they've closed off those entries, you know who's on the line. Like, start promoting the competition as much as the participation, which might piss some people off because it's like, you know, and I think think they are under the directive now that, like, hey, our social media needs to be inclusive. It needs to be less intimidating. Let's show pictures of all ability athletes, which is amazing, but, like, also, this is the highest level 
of cross-country competition in Australia. Um, also, so you've got that strength. You need to use that as well. And yeah, I'm not just no, saying that because really we're winning. Point, yeah. I don't want people just run articles <laughs> on us just because we're the best team at the moment. But it's like, yeah, this is... So how do you get fan engagement is you get buy-in. That's the whole reason we're sitting here doing this podcast at the moment. Like, I think last week's episode had something like 1,500 um, listeners. So like that's, mm. you know, 1,500 potential Bendigo Bat fans we've got. It's like, so there's a there's an appetite for engagement there that I think they need to make the most of. And then, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, like we always whinge that we don't get enough media coverage. But let's say there is a media release written up. Would it, why don't you just send it to like 30 newspapers? All the little local newspapers, like, yeah, the Herald Sun and the Age in Melbourne probably aren't going to pick it up. But like, what happens if there's papers out there who do want content? You know, you send it to the local Western Athletics paper. You send it to the little Box Hill newspaper. The Bendigo paper do a great job. Like, yeah, it's not it's not that hard, is it? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think now that they have those entries, it'd be perfect to see on a Friday night or a Thursday night. These people are running. We're excited to see this head-to-head. This team's shaping up really well. And, yeah, get that buy-in. Like, we've we've kind of done a little bit with our team aspect, so... You should have Plenty to do the same for the relays. You should have to do the same Thursday night. Submit your team and their order, and then it's like, oh shit! Mm. Andy's running third leg for Bendigo. That's strange. He usually runs first or last, or yeah. he's going to, you know, yeah. Jack Rain is a second, so they're not going to clash. But hey, there's going to be a huge clash, and we're expecting Bendigo to be down coming into the third leg. Will Andy be able to make it up against Nathan Pierce from uh, Western A's? Like mm. that stuff is. You know, because that's why other sports, they do it so well. How many footy shows are there on the Thursday or Friday night before the round starts? And then the Sunday morning and the Sunday night after the round's finished. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't mean to be like that forlorn, but there's opportunities to do stuff like that, I think. Um, second last question. What's it like to be undefeated? This one comes from Matt. Yeah, good, it's good. Good feeling, Matt. He actually asked, are we going to beat this morning on the run? He said, do you reckon we'll go the whole the whole season winning every round and I said oh I don't I don't think so but he's keen I love it and um of course there's another com games one but we've spoken about that and this one comes from Phoebe Lonsdale who is the bats underdog what does this mean yeah I don't know who's someone that like the listeners might not know just just goes about their business keeps a low profile well like yeah, one person that springs to mind, but everyone knows him, is the beast. But um, I'd say Alice, Alice Wilkinson. She mm. finished 21st. Um, so that's a big big unknown. But then in the the men's team, I'd say Brian Keeley. First race in probably a year. Um, not much training. So he's someone to, someone to look out for. If it was 12 months ago, I'd say Nathan Stoat. I don't think anyone in Australia knew or in the yeah. running circles had heard of him, but now he's got some times on the board people know about him. Um, yeah, I reckon Brian McGinley as well. Like, snuck in, we started talking about him. He's sixth, sixth runner at Jales Park. He's only going to get fitter, and he's hungry. Mm. Like, he's determined. He's newish to running compared to the majority. Like, didn't grow up, I don't think, like, running a lot. Like, he's just getting more and more into running. Had a really good half marathon at Melbourne, which was a bit of a breakthrough. Expect more to come from him. Um, yeah, hopefully by the end of this season, no one's an underdog and like, you know, the stories of everyone start getting some guests on. Anyway, Andy, we've talked a heap of shit. I thought this was going to be like 25, 30 minutes, but I reckon that's going to be like an hour and five minutes, but, uh, thank you for your time. 
anything to leave us with at Bendigo Bats on Instagram if you want to keep up to date with Bat Chat. Do it all in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, get pumped for Cruden Farm. So hopefully they can um, that can live up to the the bats around. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. Who's in or AV in charge of organising that? I think so. We'll wait and see. That'd be good. All right, mate. Happy training. Hopefully we get some good news in the next couple of days. Yeah, fingers crossed. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 